Welcome back to our Gold in the Garbage series here at CT Brandon. My name's Michael. I'm so glad to be able to share this teaching with you today. It's from the book of Mark, chapter 2. And I want to talk about seasons, seasons in our lives. Scripture talks a lot about seasons and how they were part of God's design for us. In Genesis 1, chapter 14, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of heavens to separate the day from the night, and let there be signs and for seasons and for days and years. And then over in chapter 8, he reiterates the author by saying, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. In the book of Psalms, chapter 74, it says, You have fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer and winter. Seasons are a way that we communicate with the world around us because we understand where we are in maybe a specific year, where we are in a specific mentality. Even think about sports or in television. We gauge things by seasons. I'm a big Braves fan, and we had what we called rebuilding seasons. It was a rebuilding season for, I don't know, 30 years. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was a championship season, and the season changed. Seasons are a way that we understand change when it comes to God, and we understand change when it pertains to the things that are happening around us. In the book of Mark, chapter 2, it says this. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came and said to him, Why did John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts a new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. Inside of this verse, there, there's some profound truths, but I want to talk today about seasons, and I want to talk today about fasting. So let's talk about fasting in this scripture in the context of seasons. Fasting is really simple. It's when you abstain from doing something, most specifically from eating. You abstain from eating for a particular amount of time, maybe for spiritual reasons or maybe for physical reasons. You, you would even fast if you're having tests done at the doctor. You would take time where you don't eat. Now, this story is really important because it's a continuation of something that happened as we read last week. Jesus is at a 
tax collector's house. He's in a den of sinners and he's lounging. He is reclining. He is getting comfortable with sinners. And he is having what one translation says, a feast. So Jesus is in there feasting and the Pharisees come to him and they say, look, why are you sitting here with sinners? You have made yourself comfortable with them. You're eating with them. What is going on? And Jesus is like, whoa, I have come to seek and save the lost. You don't, you don't try to heal somebody who isn't sick. I am here for a purpose. And so, okay, that goes on and there's a little bit of silence. But in the same story, we have no separation. And then all of a sudden we get this, well, what about fasting? Because John's disciples are fasting. The disciples of the Pharisees are fasting. Why aren't your guys fasting? We, we all follow the same God here and you're not following what needs to be do, what needs to happen. You are not fasting. We can see you eating and we see your disciples eating and we see them fasting. Here's the problem. Here's what is really happening. So it's important to get a full grasp of the context of what the disciples are complaining about. So let's take John's disciples, for instance. John's disciples followed closely the, the rituals of the Old Testament, much like the Pharisees would have. Now, I still claim that these guys shouldn't have been at the same party because they're just being Debbie Downers. I would not invite these guys to a barbecue at my house, and I'm pretty sure they just got canceled off the list for the next barbecue at Levi's house because they're being Debbie Downers. They're being no fun. What this fasting is that they're talking about is the, the one time in Scripture where there is a a required fast from the people of God. And so this is now called Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. What it's about is many, many things, but in the essence of it, they're fasting for reconciliation with God. They're fasting for that repentance piece where, where man and God are reunited together, where there's that closeness that's come back in. There's also reference in the scriptures to to the, the two-day-a-week fasting that the Pharisees added in, just in case you needed more fasting in your week. Let's add in a couple more days to the year where you are fasting, just in case you're missing something. So we've got those two big elements of fasting. And Jesus' crew, they look like they're being completely cavalier with the rituals, completely cavalier with all of the things that they should be following because these guys are fasting, and Jesus and his disciples are just eating it up. They're having the time of their lives and they're enjoying the company that they're surrounded with. Now, Jesus comes along and uses two illustrations to show that seasons were changing. Seasons were changing. He uses these two common examples. He uses the cloth and he uses the wineskin. Essentially, when you boil them together, he says, why put the new thing that God is doing, the new thing that I'm doing, why would you put that on the old thing that God did? 
there is fresh wine, and that fresh wine, if you put it inside that old wineskin, the gases are going to expand, that thing is going to burst, and then everything is ruined. Why not use a new parcel of, of wineskin and new wine together, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. Now, I know the, the big question that comes up is, well, Jesus fasted. I know. So Jesus fasted, and all through the Old Testament, you also see guys fasting, often in different times where they needed to recharge spiritually, or there was a call narrative being put into place, or someone needed to hear from God a specific answer. Now, when those times are over, those people will turn and re-engage the world with fresh insight from God and fresh grace for humanity and usually a fresh word for the people that need to hear it. Remember Jesus, when he started his career, he went into the wilderness, he fasted. He spent time fasting, and then he turned, re-engaged, and took on society. And so that's how his ministry even started. Or think about the disciples when they came to Jesus and they're like, look, we can't get this demon out of this guy. What is the deal? Because we did everything you told us to do. And Jesus is like, look, this one's going to take a, a quick time of fasting and prayer because you need that supercharge from God. You need that clarity. You need that wisdom. You need that proximity to the holiness. So there are times that are separate from this that aren't really in this story that are also called fasting. Those are different times than these prescribed methods of ritual and of law. Now, Jesus' disciples at this point in the story, they had no need to fast. They had no reason to fast because God walked among them. God was with them. The reconciliation that they would have been fasting for through the Day of Atonement fasting and, and the, the extra two days, it was already in process. It was already happening. It was already working ahead. Their revelation, the forgiveness that they needed to, to take part in, the, the clarity that they needed, it was free and it was daily because they walked with Jesus. They were in close proximity to the Holy One. Now, through Scripture, uh, I really, I see four seasons of fasting. Now, these four seasons of fasting are the first one being everything before Jesus. So we have the Hebrew Bible, we've got the, the Maccabean period, and even, even that first little sliver of the Gospels leading up to Jesus' ministry life. This is the first season. This is the season where humanity was yearning to be connected with God. And the second season is when Jesus came. Now, in this season of fasting, however, it's like the switch was turned off. And Jesus was like, you don't, you don't need to do this right now. I'm here, just talk to me, and we'll work it out together. In process is reconciliation, and it's going to be amazing. So fasting was shut off. In the third season, 
So this is the early church. This is from the moment the, the Holy Spirit came and, and poured out upon all flesh. And it was amazing. And we have access to God through the Holy Spirit and through the, the work that Jesus did on the cross. And so we're in this season now from the early church to now where we do fast, but it's for purpose. We do fast, but it's not for reconciliation because we're reconciled to God through Christ. We fast now when we want clarity. We fast now when we need wisdom. And then there's a fourth season. The fourth season comes at the end of this age. This is the the season of the new Jerusalem. This is the season when once again closure will come to that because our proximity to God will be restored. So where are we now in this new season? And sometimes this new season feels like a super long one because it's about 2,000 years long. When we fast now in this season, we don't follow the Old Testament models because Jesus came and he accomplished what he needed to. He accomplished the reconciliation that we needed to God through the cross. However, fasting still has its place. Through church history, we have these wonderful teachings that have come along. We read through the book of Acts. We read through the epistles. We read through the letters in the Bible. And and even through church history itself, as it expanded and continued from the point of the the 12 apostles to to Tertullian to the Desert Fathers, Luther to Wesley, Fasting is seen and taught as a staple in the spiritual life of a Christian. So when we've been talking about, do I reject, do I redeem, or do I receive something? Obviously, fasting isn't something that we reject as Christians. We don't reject it. Fasting will not be rejected as a Christian. Now, do we redeem it? Or do we receive it? So if we take the standard model that we get from the Old Testament, the one that the disciples of John, the disciples of the Pharisees were doing, do we just receive that? No. But instead, we want to redeem the concept of fasting and continue on in the example of the early church. Um, Because we now have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit and we have purpose. We're not in a season of languish where we have no purpose in what we're doing and there's no end in sight. I know it probably feels like that with COVID, but we're not in a spiritual season of languish. We are in a spiritual season of progress. And so when we fast, some of us fast to get God's attention and let him know you're serious. When we have those seasons where we need wisdom or maybe there's a big decision you need to make. Like when I made the decision that we were going to move to Brandon, that was a fasting season. We fasted into that. We prayed into that. It was not made lightly. Maybe it's a healing decision. Maybe you've been praying for someone's healing for a long time and nothing's happened. Quite often, if someone comes to me and is like, hey, I I just need prayer for healing, and we pray for a while and nothing happens, I'll say, look, I'm going to take a couple days next week. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. And usually before I can even respond to them with what I felt God was saying, 
there's something that has shifted for them in their lives because fasting does speed up seasons in our lives. Now, one thing to think about when fasting is that there's two types of changes that happen for you. The first one is a, is a more of a biological change. There's a change that happens in your body and in your brain function. And it pushes on the second thing where you're removing distractions. So you remove distractions in your life that are maybe physical, emotional, or spiritual, things that get in the way of you hearing from God. And all of a sudden you realize after about three days or so that your clarity and how you hear from God is so amazing and it is so beautiful. And you wonder, why haven't I been doing this like all the time in my life? We need to hear from God. There are seasons where we feel we are dealing with wilderness or we feel like we're dealing with grief and nothing is breaking through. I encourage you to try fasting. Try the biblical model of fasting. There's lots of good resources on this. But aside from that, fasting is a fantastic spiritual discipline. Maybe it's one of the things that you can add into your spiritual journey is you pick a day a week or a day a month, or maybe you want to take a week and fast. Over time, as we make decisions, we make decisions to do this, to do that, but at some point in your life, you may have made a decision that you were going to follow Jesus. And you just said, okay, I'm going to pray the prayer and I'm going to do this. And you did nothing else afterwards. I encourage you to try adding some spiritual disciplines into your Christian faith. Try adding in, maybe it's you want to exercise generosity. Maybe you've never tithed before. Maybe it's something along the lines of fasting or prayer or you want to practice worship. These are spiritual disciplines that help develop who we are in our relationship with Jesus. And over time, maybe it's something that you've kind of forgot about. Maybe it's something that you got lazy with and you just put it to the side. This is a season as we are dealing with the effects of COVID and COVID fatigue where maybe fasting is something that you want to try. I'm going to pray for you and that we're going to go into a time of worship. And I want you to reflect as these songs are played and really think about what are some things that you can be doing in your life to connect with God on a deeper level, to connect with God in a new way. It, it's interesting in the, in the book of Revelation, Jesus quoted as saying, behold, I've made all things new. His desire is change. His desire is that things will be fulfilled, that things will be made new. A lot of times in our lives, we don't really access that concept of renewal. We don't access that, that concept of rejuvenation. And we keep doing the same thing over and over again. I encourage you, to really push into God. This is a season to push into God. 
This is a season where things can change and you can speed those up by speeding up your spiritual disciplines and accessing who Jesus is and hearing directly from him. Lord God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for everyone watching online across the the country and across the Westman area. And I just pray, Father, as we develop our relationships with you, as we develop who we are as Christians, and for those who are just making decisions now to reconnect with you, would you put in our path just some great ideas? Would you bring to mind, would you bring to our memory things that we can be doing to connect with you? And I just pray, Father, that you would speak to every single person watching today. You'd speak something new, you'd speak something fresh to them and remind them of your love, remind them of your hope, remind them of that reconciliation that happened through the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.